I'm just going to go ahead and preach because I feel like that's what God wants me to do. Got a message burning in my heart right now. Try my best to be very brief and get out of your way, get out of God's way this morning. But I feel like in this building, I feel like God's won't do great things. I feel like that uh, there's people in this building, I don't even know who's here. I just got up here. I ain't got a clue who you are. I ain't got a clue what God's doing in your heart this morning. But I feel like there's somebody here that Jesus is wanting to stretch forth his hand and help you. Listen, this morning, he's available. Don't miss out on that. The opportunities that God presents to us in our life are the most precious things that we'll ever account. If you're here this morning and you're visiting with us or you're here and you just came in, we do want to welcome you. You may say, Preacher, what's going on here? Well, as Brother Danny put it, we don't really know. All we know is God got to moving in the Sunday school time, and God got to moving, and people got to singing and testifying, and people got to using the altar. Miss Grace, you got saved. And, amen. We're just thankful for what the Lord's doing. Amen. We're not here this morning on a time clock. This is all God's time. We're not here this morning in a form and a fashion. We're here this morning just to mind the Lord and do what God wants. And that's what we want to do. Amen. Turn with me in your Bible, Matthew chapter number 14 this morning. Matthew chapter number 14. I want to give you a thought this morning and then we'll just let you mind God. Matthew chapter number 14, verse number 22. And the Bible says this, And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side. And while he sent the multitudes away, and when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. And they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying of a truth, Thou art the Son of God. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for this privilege to be in the house of God. We thank you for what you've done already in this building. We thank you for your hand and your touch in this place today. God, we thank you for Miss Gracie getting saved, Miss Ava getting saved through the week. God, we thank you for your hand of mercy. God, extended, God, to us this morning here at Old Savannah. We thank you, Father, for blowing through this place. God, we thank you for the out of the ordinary. God, today, Lord, we pray, God, take this time. Father, this message, God, use it for thy glory. I I pray this morning, God, take these lips of clay. Help us, God, to clearly convey, God, what you put in our heart. And God, the message that you would have, God, to be delivered to the people. God, I pray, give them a clarity of communication. And I pray this morning, God, open the heart and the mind of the hearer today. And God, we'll thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. We find here this morning in the Word of God, we find uh, this familiar passage of Scripture that you see in the Word of God that you're very familiar with. Now, I want you 
you to understand just a few things quickly and we'll get to the message about the scripture this morning. Verse number 22, we find that Jesus sent his disciples out onto the sea to go to the other side. And the Bible says that he constrained them. He commanded them. He gave them something to do. Might I say this morning that you and I this morning have been commanded of the Lord some things that we need to do. Amen. Tonight, this morning, we are headed to the other side. We are this morning commanded of the Lord to serve him, to love him, to honor him. We are commanded this morning to believe upon him. And we find, notice what happened in verse number 22, that Jesus constrained his disciples and then he sent the multitude away. And notice verse number 23, what Jesus done. Jesus, the son of God, the uncreated, self-existing son of God. Ladies and gentlemen, God manifested in the flesh. He knew what was going to take place in the next few minutes. He knew that his disciples would be in the midst of a storm. But notice with me what Jesus done. Instead of going with them through the storm, he went apart to pray. And he went apart alone, the Bible says. Now ladies and gentlemen, might I say this morning that it would do us good to learn from that verse of scripture that it's good for us every now and then to turn off our cell phone, to cut off the television, to take the earbuds out of our ears and to get alone with the Lord. If Jesus, the Son of God, got along with God, ladies and gentlemen, you and I need to take note and take the of the example that the Lord left us and get along with God. You may be here this morning and my friend, might I say that we live in the most distracted time that I believe has been in society in many, many years. We live in a culture that is all about entertainment, which boils down to distraction. And ladies and gentlemen, God's people must remember and take from the example of our Lord and Savior that yes we have a public ministry oh my friend but we need to be alone with God at times my friend to hear the will of God there's times that we need to separate ourselves from the voice of man and simply hear the voice of God we find that Jesus had been with the multitude and if the multitude this was the Hebrew multitude he had just fed the 5,000 my friend he had done this great work and my friend they was excited about what he done and they were going to take him by force it seems and make him king oh my friend but he couldn't listen to the voice of the multitude he had to listen to the voice of the master of the father and this morning might I say young people take note this morning that it's important for you not to listen to the voice of the multitude but to listen to the voice of your master to listen to the voice of God and it's in those times that you get along with God that you begin to hear and listen to that voice. Now listen with me in verse number 24. We find that the ship, my friend, that the disciples were on. You've got Jesus up on the mount alone praying and seeking the Lord. And you've got the disciples down here on the sea and they're in the midst of a storm. Now I want you to notice the contrary wind. The Bible says that they were faced in the midst of that sea, tossed with waves and the wind was contrary. Now the disciples had got in this boat at the command of the Savior and they was rowing with everything they had. They was doing exactly what God had commanded them, what Jesus had commanded them to do. They were obedient to the command of the Savior. But in their obedience they faced a contrary wind. What does that mean? That means that in the middle of their obedience and their condition of serving Christ, that they faced an opposition that come directly against them. If you study a contrary wind. It was a wind that was blowing directly in their face. It was blowing them. And
and opposing them going to the other side and fulfilling the command that their Lord had given them to do. Might I say this morning, friend, don't be discouraged. My friend, in serving the Lord, just because there's a contrary wind, you see Satan's going to oppose you serving God. He's going to oppose you living right, young people. He's going to oppose you reading your Bible. He's going to oppose you getting along with God and praying. He's going to oppose you coming to church and losing all dignity and just worshiping Him. Lost sinner, listen, He's going to oppose you coming to an altar and getting saved by the grace of God. There will be a contrary wind. And ladies and gentlemen, the disciples had a choice to make. They were either to continue or they were to compromise. They could continue rowing on with all that they had. My friend, at the command of the Savior in the midst of the storm against the waves and against the wind or they could just turn let loose of everything and let the boat ride and let the wind drive them I don't know about you this morning in this place but I am determined this morning not to let the wind drive me not to let the contrary forces my friend drive the course of my life I am determined this morning I am settled this morning not to let the opposition that comes against us to drive us in our life young people I don't know why I'm preaching to you this morning but listen don't let the contrary forces of this world drive who you are and determine who you are don't let it determine your speech don't let it determine your actions and your character you settle in your heart in old fashioned order that you're going to continue with God and continue in your Bible in your hand a prayer on your lips and the Holy Ghost filling your soul church this morning we serve God and we do our very best to do everything that God tells us to do and yes we fail many times oh my soul but may we as a church as the body of Christ as a local assembly determined together that yes we face contrary winds but we're not going to let go of the oars we're not going to let go of our place we're not going to slack up we will continue on there's no place in this battle ladies and gentlemen to compromise there's somebody on the other side that needs us to get there Amen. We find in this passage of Scripture they had two choices. And this morning you are faced with those same two choices. To continue or to compromise. You're faced this morning with a decision. Do I continue rowing against contrary wind and waves? Or do I compromise and let the wind drive me? But notice in verse number 25 that Jesus came right on time. You say, preacher, I don't know how much longer I can row. I don't know how much longer I can do this I've been there I'll be honest with you I've been there this week I don't know how much longer I can row I don't know how much longer I can keep pushing against the contrary wind I don't know how much longer I can take this but Jesus shows up in the fourth watch of the night just right before the dawn of the morning he shows up right on time ladies and gentlemen I want you to know that you're in the middle of a storm you're in the middle of a contrary wind but the Lord has saw fit to come to where you are right on time you see he's been up on the mountain but he's not been far away he's omnipotent sovereign and holy and he knows right where you're at the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous he sees you this morning and sees your trouble and your heartache and your storm and he knows all about it this morning and ladies and gentlemen he has a fix even though you cannot sense his presence at times doesn't mean that he doesn't know doesn't mean that he doesn't 
care. And doesn't mean that He's not fixing to help you in the middle of your storm. And notice with me, my friend, what happened? Jesus called out. My friend, and the Bible teaches us in verse number 26 that the disciples saw Him. My friend, but they thought that it was a ghost. They were troubled. Why? Because of the middle of the storm. Their heart had been gripped with fear. My friend, we find the confusion of those disciples. We find that fear had gripped their heart and their sight had been distorted because of the fear that had gripped their heart. Ladies and gentlemen, might I say, in the middle of a storm, in the middle of a contrary wind, in the middle of the waves of this world, tossing your boat to and fro, can I say that our sight can easily be distorted and the thing that Jesus was coming to save them and their salvation coming toward them scared them to death. My friend, can I say the Lord coming to where you're at in your life, the Lord working in your life could very likely in sight be a very scary thing because my friend, the storm will distort your vision. Oh, but notice the sound with me this morning and the Bible says, verse number 27, but straightway Jesus spake unto them saying, be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And notice what happened. Peter answered and said unto him, Lord, if it be thou, bid me to come unto thee. And he said, come. Notice that they could not trust their sight. Well, but at the sound, at the voice of Jesus, Peter recognized that that was his Savior. John chapter number 10, Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. And a stranger they will not follow. If you're here this morning and you've been saved by God's grace, you know the voice of God. And when you can't trust what's out in front of you, you can't trust what you can see. Ladies and gentlemen, listen for the voice. Listen for the sound of the Savior. Listen for that still small voice in the middle of your storm. And we find that Peter asked the Lord to bid him to come. And we find in verse number 29 that Peter walked upon the water. I want you to notice with me the faith of Peter. My friend, this man that we speak about many times, Peter was a man much like we are. He was a man that had ups and downs. He had some of the greatest highs of any of the disciples that you'll read about in the Bible. But he had some of the greatest lows that you'll read about of any of those disciples. You find that Peter stepped out of that boat in a simple act of obedience and a simple act of faith. And the moment that he stepped out of that boat at the voice and the command of the Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm reminded when Peter first met the Lord, my friend Peter told the Lord, he said, nevertheless, at thy word, and I can see in this scripture, once again, at the word of the Lord, to come, Peter stepped out in simple obedience. And when Peter stepped out of the boat, you know what happened? Jesus is walking on the water my friend, that unsolid substance that he's standing on. My friend, the water, the Sea of Galilee. My friend, Jesus is standing upon it. The waves and the storm has no control over the Master. And when Peter steps out of the boat, the power of God through faith indwells Peter and Peter's doing the same thing Christ is. Amen? Amen. 
You say, preacher, I can't love. I can't love people. I can't forgive people. Preacher, I can't live a godly life. You're right, you can't. But when you exercise faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, all of a sudden the attributes and the character of Jesus will begin to dwell in you. And He'll begin to mold you and make you and conform you unto Himself. Ladies and gentlemen, Peter's walking on the water just like Jesus is. You know why they hate the church? Because when we get right with God, the church looks a whole lot like Jesus did. And they didn't like Him either, ladies and gentlemen. You know why the church has faced persecution down through the last several thousand years? Because they didn't like Jesus. And the church looks a whole lot like Jesus. Amen. I'm thankful this morning that we can be a people that love. We can be a people that forgive. We can be a people, ladies and gentlemen, that love each other and love one another and that do the will of God because the power of Christ rests in us. In that moment that Peter is taken in faith and in obedience, he forgets about the storm it's not mentioned. Amen. He forgets about the voices in the boat. Amen. He forgets about everything else except Jesus. Amen. I want to ask you this morning, can you take just a few minutes of your time and can you ask God to alleviate your mind of every thought, of every distraction, and can you focus upon Christ for just a few minutes? Amen. But notice just like that. The Bible don't tell us how long or how far Peter walked on the water. It's irrelevant. But the fact is that there come a moment that his focus was taken from Christ and his focus once again was upon the waves. Peter went from, my friend, not being troubled by the storm and triumphing over the storm to reversing that, being troubled by the storm and the storm triumphing over him. Where are you at this morning? Amen. Is the storm troubling you or are you triumphing in the midst of the storm? And might I say this morning, church, that it is possible for you to be triumphant and victorious in the middle of your storm. As a matter of fact, every great victory that you read about that anybody ever won in the Word of God, it wasn't in a peaceful time. It wasn't in a calm time. Every great victory was either in a valley or in a storm. Amen. This morning, I want you to notice with me what Peter done. He looked at the storm and it began to sink. I want to preach for just a minute. This is the message beginning to sink. The message will be real short. The introduction was long. The message will be real short. I see in Peter two types. I see in him, number one, a type of a sinking sinner. I see in him a person that is a type of somebody that has tried to make their way to Christ. They've done everything that they know to do. They've acted in a simple act of faith and they've tried to come to Christ. But on their way, notice with me, the Bible told us that Peter was walking to go to Jesus. Verse number 29, that was his intention. To go to Jesus. And he stepped out of the boat with that purpose. Amen. But something happened in the middle before he got to Jesus. Amen. I see a type of a sinking sinner that steps out of the boat for a moment, for a second. They're believing Christ. But before they can fully commit to him, they begin to sink. Amen. 
This morning I want you to know that if you are in that place of a sinking sinner, you've stepped out of the boat, you've made some type of attribute at the call of Christ. He's called you to come and He's called and said come and you stepped out of the boat and you're making your way but all of a sudden life begins to overwhelm you. I want you to know that you're not in a position without hope. Amen. Peter would have quickly been in a position without hope had he tarried his calling to the Lord. Had he continued to allow gravity to take its place and begin to sink in the midst of the waves. But the Bible says that Peter done one thing. He cried out in the midst of his sinking condition and he said, Lord, save me. It's that simple this morning, church. For a sinking sinner, you made a move toward God, but you've not went all the way through. Maybe you give God your mind, but you didn't give God your heart. Maybe you made a profession, but you didn't get a possession. Maybe you've come, and maybe you've made some kind of new leaf that's been turned over, but you didn't truly trust Christ for your payment of your sin. Friend, might I say this morning that there is still hope. You're not up to here yet. You may be getting up to here. You may be getting up to here. But ladies and gentlemen, you're still sitting in the old Savannah Baptist church with breath in your lungs. Cry out, Lord, save me. Don't wait till you're up to here. Don't wait till it's too late. You're beginning to sink, but you're not sunk yet. Cry out, Lord, save me. Peter did, and you know what happened? Jesus stretched forth His hand. Amen. The waves had no command over Jesus. The the contrary wind and the waves that tossed that little boat to and fro and discomfited the disciples, ladies and gentlemen, had no command over Jesus. Might I say this morning that whatever it is that broke your attention from Christ, that broke your focus, my friend, whatever it is that when you got out of the boat and you started to Jesus, whatever it is that distracted you, it may have in this moment command over you, but it has no command. Command over Christ. Amen. We're living in a society of of addiction. Alcohol, drugs, Facebook. It's an addiction. Amen. Television. Amen. All these things, they can become an addiction. And they break our chain of focus upon the one. The one. And I say they have no command over Christ. Amen. Alcohol is a powerful thing, but it has no command over Christ. Amen. Drugs are a powerful thing. They're a powerful thing in our, our county right now, but they have no command over Christ. Amen. Facebook is a powerful thing, just in case you didn't know. There's been marriages that have been ruined. There's been homes that have been ruined. There's been people that have been ruined. Amen. There's been all kinds of vile acts that that has been used for. But ladies and gentlemen, might I say to you that it has no command over Christ. He's still in control. And whenever you cry out, Lord, save me, you commit yourself unto him and say, Lord, I can't, but I know that you can. That's what Peter was saying. Ladies and gentlemen, he stretches forth his hand takes Peter by the hand. And however far it was back to the boat, in the hand of Jesus, Peter went safely through the midst of those waves and through the midst of that storm back to the boat where he belonged. Amen. Amen. Sinking sinner, will you cry out, Lord, save me? 
Let Jesus stretch forth his hand and carry you back where you belong. Number two, I see a type of a sinking servant. I see a type in Peter, not only of a sinner, but I see a type of somebody that has been serving God. They stepped out of the boat in faith. They truly got saved by God's grace. They truly accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. Jesus made a change in them. They've been serving God. They've been in church. They've been working for the Lord. But all of a sudden, something happened. They began to hear, instead of the voice of the Savior, they began to hear the wind, the waves. They began to hear the cries from the ship behind them, the other disciples. Amen. Remember, we need to listen to the voice of the Master. Not the voice of the multitude. Yes. Amen. Amen. Can I just go around the rabbit here real quick and I'll get back to the man. As a pastor, my greatest battle many times is listening to the voice of the master, not the voice of the multitude. Amen. Many times, getting back to the message, you might be here this morning. You might be a servant of the Lord, a disciple of his. You might know him beyond a shadow of a doubt, but... All of a sudden, you feel the water coming up over your feet, over your toes, over your ankles, up to your knees, up to your hips, up to your chest, and you're sinking. Maybe you're here and you're saved, but sin has gripped your life. Maybe just little bitty things, just little bitty things eating away at you, and you're not what you used to be. You see, Peter went from a condition of walking on the water, having the attributes of Christ, having the authority of Christ, and having the power of Christ to sinking. He went from having the same command that Christ had over the wind and the waves. They didn't have any effect on him to being commanded by the wind and the waves. A sinking servant. But the answer nevertheless for the sinking sinner or the sinking servant is still the same. Crying out to Jesus. Amen. It's always the same. Friend, I want to ask you this morning. You're sinking you're here this morning, a part of old Savannah Baptist Church, but you're not what you used to be. Ladies and gentlemen, we all go through periods where we're not all that we could be. We go through periods where we're not growing like we ought to be. We become, we go, we get to a level with God and we become complacent at that level with God. And before you know it, instead of even maintaining, we continually backslide. Amen. Amen. And it's more noticeable in some than it is in others. Some people are good at hiding it. Amen. Preachers, Sunday school teachers, deacons, choir members. Can I get on y'all just a minute? We're good at hiding it. Amen. Because we've been in this thing long enough. We know what to say and when to say it. We know when to put a smile on our face and when to raise it. So we're good at hiding it. But you know when the water's coming up a little too high. You know when instead of the waves being under your feet, they're over your feet. Amen. And I ask you this morning, may we have the command and the authority and the power of Christ once again. May we cry out to Jesus and let him stretch forth that hand. There's no shame this morning in coming to an altar and saying, Lord, save me. Lord, help me. Lord, I need you. There's no shame in that. Notice what happened. Jesus stretched forth his hand in sufficiency. He stretched forth his hand and it was satisfactory. Peter didn't have to call out to nobody else. Amen. Listen, what you're going through right now, if you'll truly cry out to Jesus, just let him stretch forth his hand, grab a hold of you, commit your heart in faith to him, let him pour out his mercy and grace in your life. Ladies and gentlemen, it'll be satisfactory. 
Amen. Notice what they've done. Verse number 32 and 33. When they were coming to the ship, the, the storm ceased, the wind ceased. Notice what they've done. They worshipped him. All of them got to worship him because of Peter's salvation. Amen. All of them got to worship. You might be the key this morning to this thing busting at the seams. You might be the key this morning to that lost sinner in your family. You might be the key this morning to your son or your daughter, your granddaughter. You might be the key this morning to revival at Old Savannah Baptist Church. You might be the key to revival that sparks and that spreads throughout our entire county that spills over into Haywood and Swain and in Macon County. You might be the key this morning that breaks this thing loose of the seams and it alleviates the storm that everybody else is going through. Amen. I want you to notice the purpose of the storm, and I'm done. Peter went through this storm for many reasons, but number one, God was growing him. The storm you're going through right now is for a reason and for a purpose. God don't do anything without purpose. Remember that. Never forget that. Peter went through this storm. He cried out, Lord, save me. He seen the sufficient, satisfactory hand of God reach down to where he was. We go on through a Bible to the book of Acts and Peter preached that great message. 3,000 souls were saved. You know what happened? Persecution. Amen. It's a whole lot like the 5,000 being fed. They was up on the mountain. Amen. As soon as they got off the mountain, they come right down into the valley. Bam. Peter preached 3,000 souls saved up on the mountain. Holy Ghost of God filled him, used him. Then he comes down off the mountain, hits persecution. But you know what? It didn't disconfit him. It didn't discourage him. He had already been through the storm. He had already seen the stretching sufficient, satisfactory hand of the Savior. And he was completely satisfied in trusting him in that moment. What you're going through right now, ladies and gentlemen, God's preparing you for what you're going to face tomorrow. Amen. I want you to stand with me this morning. I don't know what we're going to do the rest of the morning. If the choir wants to sing all day, that's all right with me. But I want Miss Martha to come right now. I want every head bowed and every eye closed. We've been out of the ordinary all morning. Right now it's decision time. While every head's bowed and every eye's closed, I want to ask you this morning, how many of you is in a storm? How many of you have been on the mountain and you come down off the mountain and you're in the middle of a storm? You're trying to serve God. You're trying to do the command of the Lord. But there's a contrary wind facing you. You may be here this morning. You might be a young person. You're trying your best to live right, to live holy, to do things right. You're trying your best to watch your tongue and you're trying your best to keep yourself. You're trying your best not to fall in to the same crowd that everybody else falls into. But there's a contrary wind and you see yourself sinking. I want to ask you this morning, would you slip out of your pew? Would you come to an old-fashioned altar? Would you say, Lord, save me. Lord, I don't want to fall in to that same old rut. Lord, help me. Would you come this morning?